seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. F left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby! Monday. Monday, Monday. The mamas and the papas are singing because it is Monday. It's a reaction Monday for you. Not talking about no stinking football. Unless you want to talk about O.J. Simpson getting a Twitter account. That's sort of foot. Well, is it football? Or is that more murder? That might be the only football then. Today is a baseball reaction Monday because you had a heck of a game, a whale of a game last night in the College World Series. Mississippi State scored four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Walked it off. Show did. Here's what it sounded like, according to Jim Ellis on the radio, uh, from Learfield IMG. Round ball off the glove, up the middle, backhand off the glove. Bulldogs have won it coming from behind. Bliss tried to backhand it behind the second base bag. It'll be a base hit and a game winner as the Bulldogs walk it off for the third time. This and here's what it sounded like if you're interested on television. Gilbert off the glove. Five to four, four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Never give up. Never give up. Coming from behind late to beat Auburn. That's fun. I got nothing against Auburn. It could be anybody. In fact, it's hard to root against Butch Thompson. I hope tomorrow morning, or tomorrow in the middle of the day, Tuesday, I hope Butch Thompson and Auburn beat the stew out of Louisville. <laughs> But last night, it was fun to watch State come back and win. Welcome into the show. I am Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service. The kind of folks you want to do business with. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. Favorites.com. Hit them up. And I'm staying connected to you. I did all weekend. All last night. Uploading stuff posting video on a Facebook page and tweeting and streaming all because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. I got coverage, man. Coverage. All right. So um, lots to get to today. Look, you can text the show 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. You can call me. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, they are your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better, longer than anybody else. You're not in business that long unless you're doing it right at every turn and offering deals and taking care of customers. 
and servicing what you sell. All of that and more at Divini. DiviniEquipment.com. They are in Madison and in Jackson. Here's the Divini phone number. Call me on it. 995-1059. That is a 601 number. 995-1059. Beaver is in for Roger today. Beaver, a good Monday to you, sir. And a good day to you, Matt Wyatt. Thank you very much. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Okay. Not too bad. What about okay. you? Peachy. Lovely. Wonderful. Beautiful. I was lazy. I sat around a lot. I had tons of projects I got to finish editing, video stuff, so I was in front of the computer all weekend. Brett Hudson's covering um, the College World Series for us, so he's in Omaha. He's going to be on the show later, so that's why I'm here. If State continues to advance, I may hop in the car and head up there later. But for now, I'm here. Good weekend. Hey, all right, here we go. Phone line. Jay is calling in from Baltimore via Clinton, Mississippi, on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Jay? Well, it's a tell of two stories, and then Auburn fans sit here this morning knowing they played good enough to win that game. Mm-hmm. They're going to question Butch in, on his decision to pull Fitz after giving up just the one hit to Jake. Bulldog fans have to believe this is a team of destiny. Hey, they didn't play their best, but the Dogs led the SEC this year in doubles, and you just had to believe they weren't going to go the entire game with just a bunch of singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, the question for you today, Matt, I think the decision to go with Tanner Burns uh, it came with a lot of risk. What was your thoughts on that? You know what, Jay? I'd love to know your thoughts, too. I, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. State hit him a couple times. but they Well, they didn't really hit him hard. It's not like they hit the ball in the gap a bunch. I mean, McNamee did turn on one and pulled it down the left field line. But he's a hard thrower, but he's a fastball guy. And when you know he's a fastball guy, at that level – um, they're going to hit your fastball a lot when they know it's coming. It doesn't matter if you throw it 95 or 97. They're still going to hit it, right? And so he's out there. In that, so think about the dynamics. He's out there in that situation, fastball guy, hard thrower, two outs. You get the nine-hole hitter coming to the plate. And so what did Marshall Gilbert, Gilbert do? I mean, Gotro and them tell him coming off deck. Man, hey, he's throwing your fastball pitch one. You're the nine-hole hitter and bases are juice. He's going to throw your fastball. Just hunt it. And so Gilbert said he just relaxed and took the approach on that first pitch. Of, I'm just going to go up there and take my cut and see what happens. And so well, I'm with you. There's there's no doubt he was living and dying with the fastball. Uh, he didn't pitch that bad. I, I think for me it goes back to it's just an uncomfortable environment for a starter to come in mm-hmm. in yeah. the ninth inning as a closer. You can say what you want, but they're just not used to it. And uh, I think you could tell he just wasn't comfortable. Well, and you know, what about this, Jay? Again, far be it from me to, to second-guess anything Butch Thompson does from a pitching standpoint, but, you know, Cody Greenhill from Russellville, Alabama, he's a former Russellville Golden mm-hmm. Tiger, uh, Cody Greenhill, who's been this great closer and finisher of games for them in the late innings over the last couple of years, you know, so they brought him in, what, the sixth? Sixth inning? Um, or seventh, I guess it was the sixth, actually, uh, when State chased the starter. So I'll look it up and see, but that's an early spot in a ball game, frankly, for Greenhill to come in. So they they yeah. they obviously went into the game with the plan to use somebody else at the end other than Greenhill. 
And um, you're right, it kind of blew up on them. But let's be honest about it also, Jay. Uh, Burns got the, the, the last out. He did. He got it. I mean, he got a ground ball at his third baseman. Um, chopper and this ball game. And because hmm. of the... So, so again, I would almost guarantee if we're talking to one of the Auburn coaches, that's what they'd say. You know, we say about planning, but we got the ground ball to end the ball game. We just threw it over the first baseman's head, you know? No, I agree. I, I think that one thing that's being, well, it just hasn't been talked about that's being overlooked, I guess, a little bit, is the decision by Lamontis and the pitching staff. We've talked a lot about it. You've really emphasized it, uh, the, the winner's bracket. Regular season, Riley Steph would have continued into the seventh. We probably would have seen Jack Egan or Brandon Smith. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he went with Lee Bell, two innings, and Cole Gordon, yeah. not winning that game just illustrated how important it was to get this first. And he was all in to go all for the in. win. You know, and the first pitch, I don't know if the gun was right, but Riley Self goes in there and the first pitch he throws was at 88. You know, and you remember, Jay, back when he's kind of working himself back into shape, his first few outings of the year, he's 83, 84, max. You know? Yeah. So, as as we and, – and was it you that called in last week and asked the question um, or text uh, if you had to say who's somebody important in the bullpen, that's yep. got to step up. Well, that's right. It was me. Yeah. It was you. So, if Riley Self is himself and the ball's moving the way he throws it, and now he's throwing it at eighty-eight, eighty-nine, then then he's your step-up guy, and he was last night. And he certainly was last year, and, and, and at his career, and he's he's been a little suspect at times, but without a doubt, that was a huge inning, and I think he could have probably pitched longer. Yeah. So let the debate begin. Is it Plumley or Gin going into uh, <laughs> tomorrow night? <laughs> Man, I tell you, like, how in the world do you make those decisions? You know, how do you? <laughs> and let me, well, let me ask you, Jay, before I turn you loose. If you're the coach, yep. if you're the coach, you're playing Vanderbilt. Their lineup is stacked. They are so good. You got a freshman with otherworldly talent. Struggled a little bit lately, but throws can throw 94, 95 fastballs and cut fastballs at 92 and ball moving all over the place. Or you have a senior whose fastball is 91, who once he gets loose on the mound, he can throw stuff that moves that you can't touch it. And that's Plumley. Yeah, well, it, it really is the, the decision I don't want to be responsible for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, I have to sit here and say, I, as great as I think this Bulldog team is, I think Vanderbilt may just be top to bottom the best team out there. They and are. With that in mind, I am going to throw JT again. You said it. He's got big league stuff. It's a gamble. Is it going to be there? Um, but I, I got to roll with Gann. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. That's. I feel the same way, Jay. Hey, man, I really appreciate you starting me off with a good phone call today. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Yep, Bye. thank you. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity Equipment phone. He's become a five-star caller right out of the gate. He's from Clinton. He's a former Arrow, or Beaver, as I like to say, the Arrows. Do you know why I say that? Uh, Bobby Hall, right? That's it, yep, Bobby Hall. You familiar with Bobby Hall? I am. I am indeed. When he was coaching at Madison Central, I want to say way back when, this might be 10 years ago. It might not be that long. I have to count it up on my hands and 
whatever, that's not good radio. But the, you remember the very first year that we had the uh, C Spire Bright Lights High School football games broadcast on Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was the first season that we did that, one of the rivalry games that we called, and I was fortunate enough to be on the broadcast for those. And one of the first ones was Madison Central versus Clinton. It was at Clinton. And big rivalry. We highlighted it, broadcast the game on Fox Sports. And, you know, we had the pre or the lead up interviews with the coaches and things. We all kind of watched those. And, yeah, I always noticed that he would intentionally say, well, (laughs) it's always a challenge when we go over there and play the arrows on their field. That's Bobby Hall. So everything about the arrows, I think the arrows. Not making fun of Clinton at all. It's a nod to Coach Hall. All right, good call from Jay. Uh, you can be like him. Your voice can be heard all over the state of Mississippi, all over the internet, all over the internet. Nine nine five one zero five nine. It is a six zero one number. That's the Divini phone. Nine nine five one zero five nine. You can also um, text me. On the text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. I got a text here. Who's this from? Unnamed texter says, Matt, don't let anyone tell you how to court your electorate. You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. That's right. You don't do that. So feel free to text. So what does it all mean? State wins last night. Now, going forward, I'm going to let you hear what it sounded like after the game, uh, the NCAA does a really nice job of of uh, coordinating post-game interviews with players and coaches. They they organize it very structured and available to media. So I can if everything you know works technologically. I can turn that stuff around to you on the, the radio shows, and uh, you get to hear what players, coaches, both teams, winning and losing, say after their games. You get highlights and all that kind of stuff. So. I'll pass some of that along to you here today, including Butch Thompson, what he said after the ball game. If we have time, we'll listen to the whole uh, Auburn postgame press conference. It was not that long, but you had a couple players up there. Richard Fitz, the relief pitcher, came in, as well as uh, Jack Owen, their starting pitcher, was in on that with Butch Thompson. So we'll hear some of that. And same thing on the winning side, Mississippi State. Lamonis, McNamee, Gilbert, who had the winning hit, and Cole Gordon, who pitched that last inning, uh, they were all up there, those four guys for state, taking questions and that kind of stuff. I thought it was really good. And, you know, it's very quintessential Chris Lamonis. First thing out of his mouth, he's very relaxed. He says, yeah, that's just the way we drew it up. It's the way we planned it. We're going to get four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Because it looked bleak there for a little while. Um, and the thing is, state, it wasn't like they were hitless or shut down or or cold in the game and just could could make no threat whatsoever. It wasn't like that at all. At all. In in fact, they doubled up Auburn in hits. State had the five runs on 12 hits. Auburn had four on six. Auburn had the one big hit in the game. It was a two-run home run early in the game off of Ethan Small. So State had twice as many hits. State left 11 guys on base. Auburn left six. Auburn did a good job pitching with runners on base. They did. And you go, well, State was chopping it around. They weren't 
making good swings or whatever with runners in scoring position. Not necessarily true. You know, I think about early in the game is either second or third inning. I know I need to be accurate, so I'll try to look it up here. Third inning. Was it the first inning? Yeah, it was the first inning. Bottom of the first. Okay, here we go. So it's bottom of the first. You got runners on base. And Tanner Allen just mashes one to left center field, but it's warning track. It's a long fly ball out. But he really put the bat on it. He just hit it to the deepest part of the park. It's a long out. There's a chance to drive in a run, right? If that ball has top spin instead of back spin, think about the 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 minute difference between top spin on a baseball when you hit it versus back spin. If it's got top spin, it's a base hit. Run scores. Later in the ball game, the bases are loaded. Westberg at the plate with two outs. An absolute frozen rope, a line drive. He mashed it right to the right fielder. Opposite field, a seed, as they say, right at the right fielder. He barely had to move. You know, if he hits that ball off the end of the bat, if he doesn't hit it as hard, it falls in for a base hit and a bunch of run score. So there was some tough luck involved in that also, in those 11 guys left on base. And generally, you know, this whole law of averages thing, generally it just evens out. You double up somebody in hits, generally at some point the runs score, in this case the ninth inning. What's the difference in scoring four runs in the first and four runs in the ninth? Not a doggone thing. Nothing. Outside of the pictures they take in the postgame and the highlights of show on your Twitter feed, ain't nothing different. <laughs> four runs are four runs. And generally, you double up somebody in hits, you out hit them 12 to 6, you win the game. A lot. And the averages just came back around. It played out. Now, here's the other thing. What about Ethan Small? What about him? Five innings pitched through 102 pitches in five innings. Oh, he must have been bad or he didn't have his typical outing. Well, he gave up three hits through 102 pitches, and three of them were hits. But one of them left the yard and put two runs on the board early. The thing that was uncharacteristic for him was the three walks. He's been so good this year that three earned runs ties the most he's given up at any point this season. Two of the runs were on one of the longest home run balls you'll ever see hit from Edward Julian of Auburn that you'll ever see hit at TD Ameritrade. Just absolutely creamed it. But the three walks. The three walks is one of the big reasons that the pitch count got up. He's out of the game in the fifth as opposed to later in the ballgame. But he still had the eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts, one ground ball double play, three ground ball outs. You know, you throw 102 pitches, they have one extra base hit on you. Ethan Small is still good. What, half of his strikeouts are, came in the first four batters, five batters? I guess five of his eight strikeouts were the first five batters of the game, something like that. But he was not bad. He just wasn't quite as dominant as he normally is. But then three guys out of the pen, self Liebelt and then Gordon throw four innings and give up a grand total of three hits. They throw four innings and strike out five batters. Cole Gordon struck out all three face. 
Well, I take that back. He faced four batters. Gave up one hit, but struck out the other three. So the pin got the job done. Let me get over here to the text line real quick. 885-ESPN. Where am I here? Chad? He said, man, I just have two words for you. Goat Island. All right. I had the TV down. I don't know what they talked about. I just know they had Bruce Pearl, the Auburn basketball coach, and Gus Malzahn, the Auburn football coach, who were attending the game. They put them on camera a bunch and moved them up into the broadcast booth early in the ballgame and talked to them and goof off. Those of us that care about college baseball don't like that kind of stuff. ESPN, at their corporate national level, treats college baseball kind of like a stepchild. They are there because they feel like they have to be. Trust me on that. Now, it's fun. And the guys like Kyle Peterson and Ben McDonald and those guys, they love it. It's their deal. And it's our deal. But to Carl Ravitch and some of those others, and I thought, I like Ravitch. But to producers and stuff at that level, they don't really care. So they think it would be more interesting to have the Auburn basketball and football coach in the booth than it is to cover the baseball game. And that's just the way it is, the world we live in. At some point, people like me, we just stop complaining about it and move on. And then J.D. texted the show and said, Matt, I was there last night. It was reminiscent of the uh, football comeback win. And he says 98, but it was actually a 99. Appreciate that memory, J.D. Rolling, just getting started. Stick around. coffee left in the thermos here. If you can hear that, I'm pouring it. Lost some sleep last night. I'm not used to that. I, I'm actually going to give, I'm going to just put this out there, just completely uh, honest, forthcoming moment here. It's not something I would have to disclose on the radio, but I'm going to. I fell asleep during the game. Yeah, I guess that's how old I am. I fell asleep during the game. Somewhere around the seventh inning. And then somewhere about the top of the ninth, somewhere along in the top of the ninth, the phone rang, and it was my wife. She's with her family. They're doing some pageant stuff down in Vicksburg. And... uh she calls me, and I answer. She goes, oh, were you asleep? I was like, yeah, I was. She said, I'm sorry. I was like, that's okay. What's up? She said, I just called to ask if you're watching this game. <laughs> I said, well, I was, and I fell asleep, but kind of glad you, kind of glad you woke me up. So <clears throat> I was able to see it. I actually um, just popped it up there on my phone. My iPhone 8 Plus from C Spire popped it up. 
started watching it right there, and that's how I watched um, the four runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, so I, I'm not ashamed. It happens. I'm sitting there. I'm stationary, and I dozed off. Thank goodness the homecoming queen called me when she did. Otherwise, it would have been a heck of a surprise this morning when I woke up. Wouldn't it have been? <laughs> no doubt about it. <clears throat> All right, let's look here. What do we have? After the ball game uh, last night, got some sound bites here. Let's hear what it sounded like. Coming up later, I'm going to play for you pretty much the entire state post-game press conference. It's not that long, but we'll have time to do it. And I'll do the same thing for Auburn as well. You hear what Butch Thompson everybody said after that ball game last night. First up, though, the guy that hit the um, game-winning single. Pretty hot shot, big chopper over the head of the pitcher. Pitcher gets a glove on it, deflects it back up the middle a little bit so it hurt the second baseman's chances of getting to it. And the winning run, cross the plate. Marshall Gilbert, his teammates mobbed him out there past first base. Starting third baseman, moved into that role midseason when Foskey moved over to second. Senior from Wisconsin. And they asked him last night. You know, this team, they kept flashing it up on the screen. Now, this team has now won more, well, they had more come-from-behind victories than anybody in the country this year. And that was before last night's game. So the question thrown out there at him last night in the postgame was, where does that that grittiness, the guts that it takes to be a come-from-behind team, where does that come from? Here is Marshall Gilbert. I'd say that it comes from day one that we started. It was... I'll throw it back to the conditioning test when we all showed up and you know everybody had to pass it in order to get to practice and be able to work with everybody and I said from day one it's kind of the point where you just can't count us out there's never a point where somebody's not locked in or somebody's not bought into what we got going on and I think that in order for us to have that kind of grit it takes everybody including people that maybe don't get the start but at some point, they're going to have to come in and make that play and just you know, having the trust that somebody's going to go out there and give everything that they have and is bought into what we're doing. Uh, Elijah McNamee talked about the fact that bottom of the ninth, what got it started, he says where the energy came from was Jake Mangum went out there and had a leadoff double. No, Coach Lim said when we got that first dude on, it was a little um, you know, relief. Even though we were still down, it felt like there was a little confidence seeing our leadoff man get on. Um, he's the best leadoff in the nation, so when we got the energy from him, it started to flow through the team, and you know it came out at the end. And Cole Gordon. His, this is a senior who's been around and is basically saying that it's not just coach speak, but they have this thing with this team where as long as there's an out or two left, it doesn't matter the deficit, they feel like they've got a chance to come back and win the game. No matter the situation, if you give our offense one more chance to swing the bats and keep it close, um, that's what they can do. That's what they're capable of. Uh, watch them do it all year. Um, and I'm just excited. It's, it's a comfort knowing as a pitcher, if you can just hold it where it is, our offense is going to give us a chance. They've given us a chance every game this year. Um, kind of the same thing as Mac, too. I uh, Going into that last inning, I knew if I kept it there, I just had the same feeling as Florida State a couple, last year. And just like, man, our offense can do this. Like We're never out of a game despite the situation, the inning, how many outs. Uh, that's what having a good offense can do for your ball club. You know, on the other side of it is Auburn. There's Edouard Julian, the kid from Canada. Two big hits in the game, two-run home run. Next time up has an RBI single. 
and put him up three zip. He's out there at third base with one out to go and sails one. What's going to be the winning out, basically, and sails it over the first baseman's head and state ties a game. And you're not going to hear this, but the media who were in the room last night said that after the question and answer was over, as Butch Thompson was leaving the room, somebody heard him say that his first order of business was to go check on Julian and see how he's doing. Because, you know, a player is going to take that really, really tough. Yeah, so on the other side of it, it's a team who they're in control of the game for eight and two-thirds innings, basically, or what it felt like anyway, and just needed one more play. They were really close. Here's Butch Thompson. Our guys just really battled against arguably 2019's best starting pitcher in college baseball and really worked the pitch count. Of course, Edward Julian had the first uh, big swing and then had the, uh, I guess, the third run on an RBI. Um, but I, I think you would have to give a lot of credit to Rankin Woolley. I know he got on before him. Um, the home run and the, the RBI is what you notice, but Woolley got on both times right in front of him. Um, I, I thought Coach Smith did an amazing job with our, our pitching staff and just knowing where we're at and coming out of the Super Regional on where our guys' um, pitch counts were at. Watched them close this week, and, of course, we devised a different plan today to piece it together, and I thought everybody really competed within the strike zone. Uh, for the most part, and uh, for eight and two-thirds, I just thought everybody associated did a nice job and then you know, had a chance to win the baseball game. I don't think there's any doubt about that and just uh, one play away tonight. So that's Butch Thompson. One play away last night, and, I mean, you can take that literally. One play away. All right, you can text the show, 885-ESPN. 885-3776. You can call the show, 995-1059. Give me a call. That's the Divinity Equipment phone line. Love to hear you on there. 995-1059. Beaver, have you seen Fluffy's texts? No, I haven't yet. It is the text. It's the text of the day so far. He says, do you think OJ is going to do well on Twitter, or is it just a stab in the dark? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Stab in the dark. Adam Boy Fluffy. Yeah, we were corrected. It was 1999. We had the football comeback. That was at Auburn, though. This man, JD, texted and said he fell asleep during that game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it was boring until right at the end. Matt in Bama texts the show and says, Matt, State has more come-from-behind wins than wins while, you know, from with the lead. In other words, having not trailed. They've trailed and come back and won more games than anything else this year. It's just they got some confidence. You know, sometimes teams... They they have that little bit of that makeup where the pressure and the situation's got to get just hot enough where then they start to do their best. Almost like a, a really smart kid in school who's just not challenged until you put some really hard stuff in front of him or her. <laughs> and then they kind of come to life. You know, 
just kind of is what it is. Some people, some teams maybe have different makeups. This team plays best when they're trailing a couple of runs, seems like. Davini Phone, JD, do I have that right? Is it DJ or JD? Which one is it? It's DJ, man. DJ, me, uh, what's up? Yeah, what's going on, man? What's up? Well, I just want to talk about the game. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan, but I'm a state graduate, so I'm going to chime in a little bit. First of all, you know, these people get caught up and come from behind. Baseball and basketball, you can be behind first, second, third. You know, it, it happens. You know, it's not like State's been behind in the seventh, eighth inning, 20 sometimes. But looking at last night's game, you you can check this. Auburn is a tough opponent, but in the kid's mind, Auburn don't belong there, okay? Mm. You know, they, they just don't belong there. So it, and, and I really believe this in basketball and baseball, you got to get lucky one time to win it all. Mm. Think about most championship runs. You got one game, you got to survive. Uh, but with that said, uh, State made some coaching mistakes in, in the basic. Uh, you know, when, when there's two runners on base, yeah. you don't lay a bunt down and yeah. get a double play. I mean, mm-hmm. State made some errors, uh, but State's a great baseball team. And the thing is, I really think the three best teams in the tournament, State, Dandy, and Arkansas, I think Arkansas's done. And I think last night means State's going to be more ready for Dandy. Don't you think yeah. State is in a better position? I, I think... DJ, theoretically and on paper, they may be. I do think it comes down to pitching, though. Hey, great call, DJ. Music's playing, but great call. Call me anytime. I mean, State's in a great position, but it's going to come down to who's on the mound and who has it on Tuesday night. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Yada, yada, yada. Let's go. Lots to get to. Thanks for all the texts. Several great calls already. DJ. DJ, if you had anything else, call me back. Second hour would be a great time. Kind of got cut off by the music right there. We have, because this show airs on a handful of radio stations, uh, all the times are kind of set and so we have what are called hard breaks that music is going to play and it's going to go to a commercial whether i am talking or not or you the same thing so we got to get out so i uh, appreciate your call dj and i i do think i mean any team like you look at the box score last night state they're going to look back at it and go well we had three errors we left 11 guys on base we did have a couple times we didn't drive guys in um where, you know, maybe if we lay down a sacrifice, you move somebody second, third earlier in the game, and maybe, you know, it works out differently. So, certainly. You know, anytime you have, I don't know, you leave 11 guys on base, you're going to have stuff you regret. 11 runners left on base, three errors. But just found a way to win. Here's some of that post game. Uh, we'll see if there's time for you to hear all of it. Questions and answers. Media with Chris Lamonis, head coach. Marshall Gilbert, who had the game winner. Elijah McNamee, big hit Mac with a hit in the ninth, driving a run. And Cole Gordon, who got three strikeouts in the top of the ninth. 
to get the team in the dugout with a chance to win, hold it where it was at 4-2-1. Yeah. So here's some of that post game right now, and I think it starts off with Lamonis, but we'll see. That's just how we drew it up in the scouting report before the game is uh, give them a lead and then try to catch them. Um, I thought Auburn did a great job. Then they had some big two-out hits. Edward Julian, I mean, that's one of the farthest home runs, I think, in this ballpark, and, and nobody's hit that pitch off Ethan all year. And then uh, I give our guys credit. We uh, fought to the last out <clears throat> and just kept competing, and it's something we've talked about all year. It's a little bit of a frustrating night because we had a couple opportunities to drive in some runs, and we didn't. But at the very end, just the, the grit of our ball club played out, and we were able to put some balls in play. Okay, we'll open it up for questions for student athletes. You know the drill, so. Rick Cleveland, uh, Mississippi today. Marshall, can you just talk about the last at bat? Uh, well, I went up there, and first of all, I was in awe by everybody that was able to get the job done before me. It was incredible the fact that we could get to that point to where I was coming up to the plate. And, uh, you know, all that bats prior to that, I had kind of been a little off, missed some pitches. And I just kept getting encouragement from my teammates saying, keep going, keep going, don't quit. And then my last step back going up there, I kind of didn't even, I knew uh, he was going to have a good fastball. I knew that they were going to keep him in the game and save it for me because I had struggled with Velo against Green Hill before. So I was just looking to get the job done, get on top and stay short, like something I've been doing all, uh, all year. David Murray, Gene Space 24-7. Elijah. Just going, attacking that first pitch, dropping that ball down the line. Uh, you had seen what Jake had done. Do you feel like you could just come after that guy immediately? Um, I do believe he, he went 1-0 first. But, um, you know, I know he was just throwing a lot of heaters. So I stayed aggressive. Um, you know, I wasn't doing well at bats previously. So I just kept, you know, it's baseball. So I stayed with it. Um, I know that he um, was looking for you know pitches around the zone, so I continued to um, be aggressive and said, put this ball in play, stay on top, do anything I can to help this team win. Kendall Rogers, do you win baseball just for Elijah? Is Jake kind of let off that inning with that double? Did you guys kind of sense like, hey man, same old story, here we go? I remember actually being in right field for defense and Cole was pitching. And after he got the second strikeout, I said, I have the weirdest feeling about this inning. And so when Jake went up there and hit that double, I said, well, here we go. Um, you know, Coach Lim said when we got that first dude on, it was a little, um, you know, relief. Even though we were still down, it felt like there was a little confidence seeing our leadoff man get on. Um, he's the best leadoff in the nation, so when we got the energy from him, it started to flow through the team, and, you know, it came out at the end. Cole, uh, your attitude, you come in there, it's not even a save situation, but was it just a matter of just hold it down and give your offense a chance in the last inning? Yeah, you know, uh, no matter the situation, if you give our offense one more chance to swing the bats and keep it close, um, that's what they can do. That's what they're capable of. Uh, watch them do it all year. Um, and I'm just excited. It's just a comfort knowing as a pitcher, if you can just hold it where it is, our offense is going to give us a chance. They've given us a chance every game this year. Um, kind of the same thing as Mac, too. I uh, Going into that last inning, I knew if I kept it there, I just had the same feeling as Florida State a couple, last year. And just like, man, our offense can do this. Like, we're never out of a game despite the situation, the inning, how many outs. Uh, that's what having a good offense can do for your ball club. Michael Presti, NCAA.com for all of you. Every team wants to be gritty. But, but when you actually do it time and again and again, where's that come from? Marshall, you start, please. Um, I'd say that it comes from day one that we started. It was. I'll throw it back to the conditioning test when we all showed up and you know everybody had to pass it in order to get to practice and be able to work with everybody and I said from day one it's kind of the point where 
you just can't count us out. There's never a point where somebody's not locked in or somebody's not bought into what we got going on. And I think that in order for us to have that kind of grit, it takes everybody, including people that maybe don't get the start, but at some point they're gonna have to come in and make that play and just you know having the trust that somebody's gonna go out there and give everything that they have and is bought into what we're doing. Believing in one another. Um, the bond we have is something that's hard to break. So believing in one another and going out there and leaving it out there on your team, it pays off in the end. Um, and you know, we work pitch to the last. You're never out of a ball game, and we all know that. So when we all believe in each other, you know, good things happen. Yeah, cool. you know, I, I think it comes down to how much we love each other. Um, you can see it when we're on the field. You can see it when we're off the field. Um, we love to be around each other. And if we don't have that, if we don't have that connection with each other, then we'll get selfish. Um, then we don't have confidence in the next guy coming up. I mean, you watch Rowdy get walked there, and we still knew that they were going to get the job done behind them. Um, so I think it's just having that relationship with all these guys that we've built over all this time we spent together. Um, it's truly a family. It's truly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you don't get anywhere else. You don't get to see these guys every day. Um, so that's, I think that's what it is. It comes down to how much we love each other as a family. Last. All right, uh, we'll stop it right there. That's a good portion, about five minutes or so, of uh, the postgame last night, players and coach. DJ's back on the Divinity Equipment phone, hanging on. we got a little more time now with DJ. Oh, I appreciate it. And, and like I said, uh, it was a great win, and, and I'm not going to take anything away from the grittiness that State showed. But I'm going to be honest, State is a championship-caliber ball team, and they did not play championship baseball last night. And the thing is, like I was alluding to before the break, if you look at the Final Four in basketball and the World Series in baseball, usually you've got to overcome one game like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I really feel, after dominating the regional, dominating Stanford, that it was a good wake-up call. And, and I really believe that State's going to be harder to beat. And let's be honest, you probably got to beat Vandy twice. We're probably got to beat Vandy twice. Yeah. If we beat them, then Vandy's probably going to come back. So, so you got to beat Vandy two out of three, no matter how it spins out. Uh, but let's look at last night. Uh, you know, I, I made reference to State four decisions with runners on first and second, not laying out a sacrifice. You know, Auburn's baseball coach has done a great job. But when you bring a guy in to the ninth inning that's never been a reliever, you either bring him in at the beginning of the inning or have a different plan. When they brought the other guy back in and then made that starter came in after one batter, did that make any sense to you? Well, I will say this, DJ. It made sense compared to a lot of the things that Butch Thompson and John Cohen did when they coached together when they were dealing with their pitching staff at State. If you remember that 2013 team that he coached at State, they had a bunch of times they had a bunch of times they'd make pitching changes with two strikes on a hitter. Right. So and I get that, but but you're talking about a young guy that's never come in, and had they let him come in and start the ninth. Yeah, I think it's a different ball. Thank God they didn't do that. Well, I know. But but here's the other thing, and I will bring this up. You know, hindsight, because we know the result. But the thing is, he got the third out. You know, we can talk about the pitching decision all we want, DJ, but he got a ground ball to third base as a routine play. See, I disagree with you because of the replay. They didn't have the balls enough to overturn that. 
the replay, you know the state guy was safe. Oh, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the one that he threw right, over his what, head. Right, you're, 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 you're right about that. But the, the replay guy did not have the balls to overturn that because that was clearly safe. And if you, if you put the two angles together, it uh, showed that it was safe. Okay. But, uh, you know, so you're, you're right about that. But I will say this, McNamee did a great job of stutter-stepping to get in the guy's way. Uh, now, now, you can say it was definitely an error, but it, but it was definitely McNamee, the pressure. And, and, and the bottom line is, you know, I got a friend this morning, a big Auburn fan, and he says, you know, we choked. I said, wait a minute. I hope nobody thinks this Auburn team choked because this Auburn team has exceeded far above what they should have done. They, they won a regional. They won a super regional. They made it to the World Series. State's a better baseball team. The best two teams in the country are Vanderbilt State. It's just a matter of pitching, you know. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can, uh, can I think you're right. Well, I guess it'll be. Um, I guess it'll be Kumar Rocker, maybe that that state will face, and you could get JT Ginn on the mound. We'll see. It could be Ginn versus Rocker, which were, you know, two of the most highly thought of pitching prospects in the entire world for Major League Baseball. So. Be pretty Absolutely. cool, DJ. Hey, music music starts again. I got a split, man. Thank you. Love your show, man. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling back, too. So, Hour 2 is coming up. And to start us off in Hour 2, we're going to check in with Brett Hudson live from Omaha. He had a late night last night covering that ball game. So, we'll talk to him on the Divinity phone and get back to your phone calls after that. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.